um, from someone I learned that who he actually learned from someone else, my very, very good friend I have to mention, of course, which is Hal Elrod. And uh, Hal, is, uh, he's, been a, he's been a mentor for me. He and I have had similar mentors over the years who have developed who we are. And, uh, but really, you know, so the morning and, you know, Hal talks about it in his podcast and blogs and his book, obviously, but the morning really sets the stage for us. And like you said, energy, you know, energy is being sucked from us all day long through multiple avenues, whether it's something that you read on Facebook or a phone call you got or just for some people it's being on the road and they're in traffic, energy is being sucked because they're upset about it. So there's so many different avenues where we really give our energy to things that really shouldn't be taking our energy. We get to choose that. So having a mental and a real presence and focus on that and realizing that, hey, I can either let this affect me or not and really choosing because, you know, the reality of it is, you know, for me, for most things, I just ask myself a simple question, and that is, is it going to matter in five years from now? If that answer is no, I'm off to the next thing, and it doesn't affect me at all. Because, um, you know, we're emotional beings, and we can really let our emotions take the better of us if we let them. So I think, you know, it's our responsibility to be always on top of that and really be in recognition of that and know where we're at. So mornings are really, really crucial, I think, for you, if for anyone starting their day the right way. And the reality of it is is that right now, your morning routine, you already have one, whether it's a decided and planned one or it's happening to you. You, you have a morning routine. So you're either getting up and you're running frantic because you're running late and you didn't make time or whatever it is that the situation might be. Um, you're, you know, get breakfast together. You're running out the door. And you're like, oh, i got to get to my meeting, get to my appointment. i got to take the kids. i got to walk the dog. It's kind of a frantic, you know, mess in some cases. Um, so, and that's your routine, decided or not. So I found, and I learned this again from Hal, that, you know, that be intentional with your day, be intentional with your morning, and it actually starts the night before, and being intentional with the night before, and talking to myself and telling myself that the next morning I get up, I'm going to be very intentional with it, going to have the best night's sleep, going to wake up ready, refreshed, ready to hit the day. And so that's my intention going to my sleep, which subconsciously I think helps, because some mornings I don't always feel like getting up, Bed's nice and warm, so uh, but it ha but again, that's just will and self control. That you know, it's that inner voice that we have to be, you know, we have to be able to control because it's either going to control us or we're going to control it. So um, so yeah, mornings are you know reading, uh, journaling, affirmations, meditation, and and a form of exercise. So it might end up being a little bit longer because I I you know work out three or forty thirty or forty minutes, but. Uh, but it's basically broken down. You can squeeze it into an hour. If you have to squeeze it down into 10 minutes, you can do one minute of each just so you know that you did it and you can set your tone for the day. And, you know, for not just myself but anyone else that I've talked to that's done this and has actually done it for more than a day or a couple days has found very, very dramatic results in, in their everyday life. And these are not just people that weren't successful but are extremely successful at a high level and it changes their business. So, I challenge and encourage everyone to, to take that on. And, you know, we make time for the things that are important. And this is important not just for you, but also for everyone you come in contact with. Because, you know, depending on how you start your day, it's really going to set the tone for the rest of your day. So it has an impact on everyone around you. I totally agree. You know, uh, recently I've been working a lot on meditating in the morning. And what I notice is on the days that I, you know, skip it or blow it off or you know, whatever happens, um, I notice, I've really noticed a dramatic difference. 
And I never thought I really could meditate because I, you know, my I feel like my brain goes a hundred miles a minute. Sure. And then the funny thing is, when you talk to everyone else, they all think the same thing too. So I'm I'm not a freak of nature, right? Right. <laughs> no. Normal. That's that's it's absolutely normal. And yeah, meditation is what it takes practice. It's not something you just sit down and all of a sudden you're like I'm meditating. So it, you know, and some people there's guided meditation that you can use, which is really helpful for some people. Um, but yeah, clearing the mind and being able to rest the mind in that state and be conscious of it, and it's and it's always happening because you find yourself you know conscious and you're aware and you're thinking, and then you're like oh, I've got to be silent in this moment. So it's a constant back and forth because that part of your mind is active all the time, whether you want it to be or not, and it's been that way for whatever you're at in your life, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years of your life, it's been happening whether you want it to or not. You know, and you've had such extraordinary success uh, with Cutco, and and it's really impressive what you've been able to do over the time period that you've done. How, what do you really attribute that to? I mean, one of the things you mentioned is how important focus is. What what do you contribute that success to? Yeah, so you know, I mean, success is obviously different for for everyone, and. Some people it's based on numbers. For some people it's based on the amount of vacations or time off or whatever. And I think it varies for everybody. I think it's important that you know what that is and that you work towards that. And um, I, I'm trying to think of, of my favorite quote of what the definition of success is um, by the uh, they call him the Godfather of personal growth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's slipping from my mind, but I listen to him all the time. Um, which is weird that it's, it's slipping through my mind right now. I'll probably think of it in a minute, but uh, I think that my favorite quote about success is, success is the worthy realization of an um, and succession of a worthy ideal. And, oh, wow. You know, Can you say that again? <clears throat> uh, I, I might be kind of butchering it a little bit, but uh, it's it's a realization and... Um, uh, the realization and succession of a worthy ideal. So, um, so what that means to me, and I think what that can mean for kind of anybody, is that you know finding something that matters to you, something that's important to you, um, and whatever you know, because people think of success as maybe in, in the real estate industry is you know I meet with realtors all the time, and when we talk about their business and you know, someone might be doing however many transactions they're doing. And a lot of times they downplay themselves. They go, well, I'm not as busy. I'm not as good as this. I don't do as many as this person does. And I go, you're, you know, you're just shooting yourself in the foot every single time you do that because you're basically telling yourself you cannot do what someone else can do. And I don't think some people realize that they do that probably on a consistent basis. And, um, and maybe it's just their form of modesty or maybe they're embarrassed. I have no idea. But um, what I found is that anytime we're telling ourselves that we can't do something, we're basically programming our brain, which is a computer, <laughs> to do exactly that. So um, that's kind of getting off the topic of success. But um, but really, for me, you know, the success I've had is just the, the realization of a worthy ideal and goal. And those change for me sometimes weekly, uh, sometimes monthly, but they always end the same at the end of the year. And whatever I'm doing, whatever is happening through my life, whatever is happening for me on the business side of it, as long as I'm working towards that, in my opinion, I'm successful. Because, you know, I think for us, for any salesperson, for any business owner, um, 
you know, it's it's a it's about the journey and not always the destination. Because the reality of it is, I've had some amazing, fantastic success in our business, and I always feel exactly the same at the end of it. I've always felt when it, you know, when I first set some really high goals for myself and then hit them, I thought. I thought everything was going to be different for me, but I realized is that, nope, it's still the same. I've just done something extraordinary I've grown through, and I've grown through the process, but it's still me at the end of it dealing with everything I have to deal with every day. And no matter where we're at, what we're doing, we're always there. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, it doesn't. And the, I think the key that I heard you say in there is moving forward. You know, that to me is taking action. And I think yeah. that that is probably one of the key components um, that's the difference between people who are successful and who aren't is the successful ones are not afraid to take action. They're not afraid to move forward. And I see so many salespeople just get stuck and stop moving. So I think right. that's such a key component. Yeah, I uh, I had my first kind of taste of, of realizing something in that way from uh, a friend of mine. We were both selling Cutco, and we were kind of early on in our careers. I lived out in Arizona. I was going to school. I was doing it part-time. And uh, this guy <clears throat> literally would do about two to three times the amount of appointments with me per day, per week. I mean, the guy was just unstoppable. Um, here's what was interesting is that his, like, his skill set was, like, at the level I was at and the level he was at, it was just completely different. I had a completely different and higher skill set, but the guy could outwork me. So, you know, some weeks would be about the same. Some weeks he would beat me. Some weeks, And I would do about half the amount of work, but the guy's work ethic is what I admired so much. It made me realize that, hey, you know, what I'm doing is I'm basically trading off the amount of time that, you know, I could be working at the same amount of level that he's working and be at a, even a higher level, but because I feel like I can do better than him, I'm doing less, which really wasn't helping me. It was kind of disengaging me from my work. And so when I realized that, I was like, gosh, you know what? I, I can learn a lot from this guy, even though he may not be at the level I'm at. His work ethic is definitely beyond mine. So um, that really made a huge difference in my business because I realized that you know work ethic and for me, would always be the opportunity to grow and to get better and to learn from other people. So, um, you know, I think that you're absolutely right. A lot of people do get stuck. They allow circumstances. They allow emotions. They allow feelings. They allow things that can happen to them to dictate what they, you know, they have what how refers to as rear view, uh, rear mirror, <laughs> rear view, <laughs> rear view mirror syndrome. It's uh, such a tongue twister. Uh, rear view mirror syndrome, which is, uh, you know, we're always looking back, we're always looking behind us going, oh, man, I, that didn't work, or oh, this, when I tried this, this happened. And so we're always kind of in our own way, so to speak. And, um, you know, for those of us that are able to look at that and move on and always be trying and always doing the things that scares us and um, are going to be the ones that have the most success, but also the most failures because really, you know, we see successful people all the time, successful people in business all the time in real estate and other business, and we just don't – we see their success. We don't see all the challenges that they have. I totally agree with that. You know, I, I have that famous Michael Jordan quote poster next to my desk and in my office, and I've had it since the day I opened, the one where I've missed 9,000 shots. I'm sure you've heard that quote before. 
Um, yeah, actually. Over yeah. and over and over again, and that's why I succeed. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I say I make more mistakes than anybody. I'm just, I'm not even afraid of mistakes anymore because I know that that's for sure going to be a learning lesson, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best way to learn is to screw up. It's when it's the most impactful, I'll say that. I don't know that it's always the best way to learn, but. Sure, yeah. we the most impactful. Yeah, I think the, the, the first concept, the first time I heard about that concept or kind of came across that was John Maxwell's Failing Forward, if you've heard of that book, which is, you know, which is great. And, you know, when we talk about failing, we obviously look at, you know, it's not about doing the same thing and expecting a different result. That's obviously insanity. But, you know, taking action on things and um, and learning from them, and that's part of failure and that's a part of growth. So, I you know, I think that that's something that I, I definitely take on, on just not only business but personal on a daily basis. So how did you end up working with real estate agents and, and creating closing gifts? How did that part come about? Um, again, so, I, you know, the one thing that I'm really great at that I think that I can put into the, the – when you ask about my success earlier is that I'm really good at taking ideas and taking what works for other people and systems and putting them in place. If there's anything I'm good at is mastering systems and putting them in place. And I've made that a goal of mine is just I don't need to come up with the ideas all the time. Like there's some people that just always are looking like what can I, you know, coming up with ideas. I'm not always the best at that. Sometimes I'm good at improving on things that we're doing, but I'm not always the best at coming up with an entirely new idea of doing something. I wish I was, but I'm not. It's not a strength. I'm, not, I'm okay with that. So um, the idea actually came up many years ago. Um, you know, Cutco has been around since the, since the 40s. And from time to time, we'd, we'd engrave it for people for like a birthday or a wedding or something like that, right, and customize it. People loved it. And so, um, you know, it really just came, a, came upon us where, you know, business owners were going, hey, could, could I maybe engrave this and give it to some of the guys I work with? And we were like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Let's do that. So we started engraving people's logos on there and then websites. And it just kind of grew from there. And, uh, corporations have used it, and we've done, you know, guests for other, like we've done guests for basketball teams and football teams as welcoming packages. And um, and I think the reason it's worked so well is because Cutco is a product that resonates with a lot of people and a lot of gift giving for a couple reasons. One is it's made in America, so that alone in itself I think really resonates with a lot of people being able to get something that is American made, and that's best in class. So, you know, out in the real estate industry, there's, you know, people that are obviously affluent in, in any business. And, you know, if someone's wearing a $10,000 Rolex and you go, hey, they really like watches and you give them a fossil, it's probably going to end up in the drawer. It's just not the same quality. But with Cutco, it's the best in class. So when you give this to pretty much anyone, you know you're giving them something that's extraordinary and it's something that will actually get used. So, um, so it kind of it just kind of fell into place, and there was a guy up in Washington who was the, kind of the founder of our division, our closing up division, Tony Carlson. have to give him the credit for it because he really took on the idea to work with real estate companies and realtors and lenders because what he found was that in most cases they're doing this already, some type of gift. Um, they're generally already spending the money on it in some way. Most of them have no idea what to do. They're just going out and giving gift cards or a bottle of wine or flowers because that's what other people were doing. And so they didn't really have a good system in place. Um, 
and generally they were making their own decisions on it. So whereas corporations, you, you had a board, and sometimes it could just take years, and sometimes longer. So um, whereas in most most cases, realtors are making a decision on what they need right away because they have closings, they have transactions, they need them. So it just kind of was a good fit. Um, and you know, the benefit of it, aside from just having it on hand and being able to get something best in class, was obviously the tax benefit of it. You know, IRS. It only allows you to arrive twenty-five dollars a bit in gift. So for most realtors, that doesn't give you a whole lot. You know, it's a twenty-five dollar <laughs> gift card. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's or you spend twenty-five bucks on a bunch of junk at the dollar store, right? So, uh, so just you know, and and that doesn't say a whole lot either. So you know, it's just like, hey, I got you as much as I could with the lowest dollar amount. You know, to give you as much crap as possible to make it look nice. Is really what that says, and you know, stuff either gets tossed out, gets consumed, or people throw it away. They just don't care. So, um, and you know, Cutco has been around for a long time. People know it's good stuff, and when you give it, they like it, they use it, and they keep using it day in and day out. So that's a lot for your business because, you know, everyone's trying to stay on top of their clients. You know, client retention is so important. You know, in business, we all know that the clients, the best clients that we're ever going to have, are the ones that we already work with. So, you know, we we want to take care of them. We want to stay in front of them, and that's why people advertise. It's why they market. It's why they're on Facebook. It's why they work so hard at their Google search being the first thing that comes up and all these different things. So this is just another avenue that you're generally already spending money on, but just going to serve you more long term. So all in all, you know, there's so many benefits to it. I could go on and on about it, but uh, we've been doing it for about seven or eight years now, and we're now the largest closing gift company in the nation. We're uh, we're pretty active in the real estate community across the U.S. and up in Canada as well, um, and it's just going to get even bigger. I mean, we have such a small a small tip of the iceberg. You know, I think real real estate or realtor.com just put out a statistic that we looked at, and thirty like something like three hundred eighty-five million dollars or billion dollars was spent on closing gifts last year with real wow. estate, and you know about fifty-nine percent of those were gift cards. Um, 39% of those were wine, and 37% was flowers. So all that really means that. <laughs> yeah, more wine, right? Flip those. So maybe maybe some of those gift cards were for wine. <laughs> Probably for local wineries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So um, so you know this actually allows you to to set yourself apart because according to Realtor.com, most people are giving other stuff. So as much as some people might think that other people are doing a lot of this, you know, according to Realtor.com, a lot of people are doing what you're already doing. And if you really want to set yourself apart, you you know, this is a great option. So. Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty cool. I, I We've talked about it for a while, and I, I haven't actually put it into motion, but we're meeting next week to, to do something like that. And I know my son Jake uh, sold Cutco knives for a summer, and I think that it's extraordinary training, a, a training ground for someone to learn sales, just like I was a cocktail waitress for five years. Yeah. I think that's some of the best sales training you can get. I run into – Over your fears. Absolutely. It does challenge you. And so – and I know there's people out there who did it, and, um, you know, they're like, oh, it was a bad – and really what it was is it, is it tested them in a way that they weren't prepared for. And I think that, you know, because – I think it's like I think it's something that everyone can do. It's just not something everyone will do. Just like real estate, it's probably something everyone could do. Right? Everyone can sell real estate, but it's not for everybody. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, and I've, you know, actually a lot of real estate agents, a lot of our, our clients now used to had at one point sold Cutco, you know, early on in their career. And so, and that's probably why they're successful, I like to think. <laughs> of course. That, that's definitely what got them started on. <laughs> well, I know I have a set of Cutco knives because I bought them from my son Jacob when he was, you know, I imagine they go around and they sell to their family and friends first and then and then go from there if they're going to make it or not, right? I know that that's Just like real estate. Do. Yeah, yeah they get exactly. Business, they sell to all their family and friends, and then, you know, a year later they get out. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's it's the same concept with anything. You always start with people that you know because it's comfortable. They know, they like, they trust you. And then from there, you know, it's about building referrals, and it's about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, salespeople, um, you, you either thrive or you die. You're either in your, you know, you got to get out of your comfort zone, do things that scare you, get in front of people you don't know, ask them, hey, can we work together? Can I talk to you? And some people just don't, you know, they don't like that. And that's okay. It gives, us, gives you and I more business, right? Well, and I think that the key to this system is that it keeps you front of mind, you know, especially like I love that, that little uh, the cake spreader, right? Is that the one that, yeah. that most people put their brand on? It, because you, I use that thing all the time. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's a it's a favorite. Yeah. It uh, it's so unique because most people don't have something like that. You can cut with it. You can scoop with it. Like you said, spread with it. So once people get that thing in their kitchen and start using it, it, it it's a family favorite for sure. And then here, here what's going to happen is when we get you your stuff, Brandon, you start giving these out. You know, someone you give this to, they have kids. They're going to use the knife and it's going to be up in their room for something. And, you know, they're going to be like, "Where's the marguerite spreader?" I promise you, they're going to be looking for it. And uh, I know it sounds cheesy, but that's you know that there's something to that to have something that people treasure, and it's from you. So, um, well, I think I, the I most think, valuable thing too is just that you know one of the big mistakes agents make is that they just don't stay in communication or contact with their clients. So, this you know hopefully is one way that that definitely keeps their name there, whether the agent remembers to stay in contact or not. Right, and I always tell realtors that this is something you're doing in addition to. This is in no way should be replacing any of your current marketing that you do because there's there's no one magic pill that you can just do and it's done, right? I mean, there's you've got to do you've got to have all things burning. You know, you've got to have all your seeds planted. So the more that you have out there and more different avenues for people to work with you, the more business you're going to generate and create and pull in. So this is just another another option to people to add. For sure. Well, I know you have a very busy schedule today, and you squeezed me in, so I'm super grateful for that. I've been I've been wanting to chat with you a bit, and you have such such great insight that is above and beyond what you do for a living. So I think that that's really cool. Thank so you thank so much. Thank you very much for your time today, Jeremy. I look forward to meeting with you next week. And if anyone wants to get a hold of Jeremy and is interested in his referral program and his products. Uh, we'll be sure to post his website on our website, so you can just click there and, and get a hold of him. So thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time today, Jeremy. Thank you, Marguerite. Have a fantastic day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.